This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, this is Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. I'm excited to announce that my show, The Compound, is now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Join me and my teammates, Dakota Mekas and Zach Short. This week, we welcome Cubs first baseman, World Series champion, Anthony Rizzo to The Compound. Check it out. Subscribe. The Compound on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire. Let's fuck this shit. It's only game. Why you have to be mad? Well, well, well. Well, well, well. If it isn't my old friend, Christina. We actually haven't spoken in three months. I can't tell what would be funnier if we didn't speak for three months or if we just started this show like nothing has happened in between (laughs) when we released the last episode. I was thinking about this because I was showering today. I was like, it would be so funny if we were just like, hey guys, back for another week of Puff Bunnies. Because as... Like, both of us are very depressed. And so, as very depressed people know, sometimes you just do be dropping off the face of the earth. Yeah, and you kind of have to just pretend like nothing happened. You can't, like, get bogged down in, like, the constructs of time and how it passes. Well, yeah, and I'm not going to be able to explain to, like, Stacy from accounting, who, like, I haven't texted. I don't know why Stacy from accounting is not my friend. But, like, Stacy from accounting was my friend. I, she's not going to understand. Like, no, I just could not respond to text messages for <laughs> three months. Obviously, I think... People who have listened to this show for enough time know that we usually start off episodes just talking about, like, (laughs) how mentally ill we are. And the great thing is that over the last three months, I think a lot of you have come to understand this for yourselves as well. So we're all in this together. Yeah, like, I mean, I I feel like for everybody for the past couple months, it's been very hard to know what to share, what not to share, because we've all been going through, like, so many personal and also global crises, right? But I am sincere. I'm very happy to be doing this again. I was so happy whenever I was reading all the calls, none of which are about hockey. They're all about Avatar The Last Airbender. I was like, oh my god, I miss everybody. The thing about the calls is that they're all just slightly unhinged, which is how I knew that, like, uh, we are all in roughly the same frame of mind. Welcome back to Puck Bunnies, objectively a sports podcast sponsored by Blue Wire. I'm Audrey. I'm Christina. We're going to talk about hockey, but that requires all of us to go on a journey together where we um, pretend for, for the next half an hour that 
the playoffs are actually going to happen. <laughs> you know, as someone who has been through law school, I'm going to explain it to you like this. So in law school, they teach us the concept of the legal fiction. Mm -hmm. So the legal fiction is like the in-force scenario that could ever happen. It's usually used in property law where you say stuff like, what if this 95-year-old woman got pregnant? and fucks you up on the final. So that is that is essentially what we're doing. The NHL is the 95-year-old woman who's giving birth this summer to the playoffs. It's not going to happen. But if it did, Here's we're going to talk about it. About it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a busy couple of weeks, not only for sports. Christina and I, if you didn't know, are both American. So there's been, there's been some stuff happening here. Cultural, social, and sports have been the busiest they've been since they were canceled, basically. You know, we're all offensive with the offensive zone, but now we are living in the cool zone. And sports can play a part of that. Some of the cultural upheavals that have been going on, we've actually seen players showing more of themselves than I've ever seen. Like, just being someone who's come to the sport relatively recently, from the robotic interviews that I sort of associated with hockey players, to see this level of outspokenness from players, um, which we're going to talk about more, has just been, has just been incredible. So I want to start by talking about how the NHL solved racism this week. Because we did get a text from a listener who said, Hey, bunnies, welcome back. Longtime texter, no time caller. I, like most, was really pleasantly surprised by Tyler Sagan these last couple of weeks. While he still has work to do, I think he can be a leader and an example for players who may have, have changing views and who may be reluctant to find their voice off the ice. As the narrative around social justice and sports changes, do you see more stars using their platform a la Sagan in the short term, or do you view him as more of a one-off? I will say if they, I think he's going to be a one-off because of what the NHL did to him. Yes, <laughs> yes, unfortunately. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you have to be living under a rock if you follow hockey and you did not see the, uh, the video the league put together, <laughs> the fan cam <laughs> the league put together. Um, <laughs> the backstory is that like Tyler Sagan attended a Black Lives Matter protest in Dallas. Um, and he posted about it on Instagram and like it wasn't his first social media like post about the movement or anything like that. But he was one of the few players that did actually attend a protest and document that. And when it happened, I remember texting Audrey. I was like, holy shit, Tyler Sagan's at the Black Lives Matter protest. That's awesome. Right. I think so far the only two players that we've seen in that situation have been him and Zidane Chara so far. But it was just so disappointing to see his likeness his his image be re reappropriated by the nhl in this horrible video that the instant i thought i had just come out of a zoom meeting and as you know zoom meetings are awful and so like i was just not fully processing it and i was just like there is no way that he signed off on this because he looks like a fool First of all, let's let's try and describe this video that was tweeted out by the NHL and I assume put on their Instagram, although I haven't been on their Instagram in like literally months. It was like a minute and a half long and it was just like, I'm not kidding when this, this looks like a fan made Riverdale ship video on YouTube. It should be like Kelly Clarkson in the background or something. There is some sort of like weird kind of techno music, upbeat techno in the background. We love royalty free. It just <laughs> scrolls through the pictures of Tyler that he posted to his Instagram while comments from the post show up over the screen. And there's yeah. certain parts of it that are highlighted, but they're all like, 
wow, this is great to see Tyler take a stand. This means a lot to me as like a fan of the sport, like hope to see more of this. But that's it. <laughs> no moral. No, like the moral of the video was is that so they would like in the in the Ken Burns style, like pan over Tyler Seconds mentions, which is a horrible thing that I just said. They would like highlight the, the buzzwords from all the comments. So there was one comment that said, it's amazing to see Tyler Sagan of all people of taking all a stand. People. And then it was just Tyler Sagan taking a stand. And I feel like the the horrible of this the horribleness of this needs to be put in context because just like three years ago, JT Brown was disciplined essentially by his team by the Tampa Bay Lightning for holding up his fist during the national anthem. I mean, not only that, but like his family literally got death threats. Right. The backlash from the team was was kind of um, insidious. Like it wasn't very obvious. But the league mm-hmm. had to come forward and like Gary Bettman had to come forward and be like, well, you know, we encourage players to respect the flag, all mm-hmm. that. And like he didn't he didn't kneel. He didn't sit. He literally during the national anthem put his fist up. But what I was calling attention to is just that was the league response to him doing it. The league is now pimping they out Tyler Seguin. And so it came out very quickly after that Tyler Sagan had nothing to do with the production of the video. And they had just, I mean, like, as a lawyer, I'm just thinking, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I would sue over that because he looked like a fool. Well, as a social media manager, I would tell you that anything you put on Instagram that you know is public can be used, especially if you are a public figure. But like, still, it's fucked up that they, A, they didn't ask the team. And B, they didn't ask Tyler Sagan. So, of course, people start dragging this video to hell immediately because it's like this total white savior. Look at this. Look at, look at Tyler Sagan's receding hairline. Look at this 27-year-old white guy who has single-handedly made sure that we all know that Black Lives Matter. Like, that's amazing. Thank you, Tyler Sagan, for solving racism. So the league obviously has miles and miles and miles and miles and miles to go. And I don't, I'm not convinced that this is going to be the moment that changes anything for good. But I think what you and I agree on is that seeing individuals step forward has been really, really cool, either in outing themselves as pieces of shit or like being really surprisingly insightful and just being able to see that like, yes, there is a diversity of opinions here. There is a diversity of like how much people are involved or how much they want to be involved in these in social justice movements. And like they're, the players that you would expect to speak up did. And I also was happy to see like genuine stars like Jonathan Hayes mm-hmm. releasing like a pretty hard in the paint statement on his Instagram about like Black Lives Matter. And I I mean, I just know from being creepy that he is like pretty progressive. He was also like arguing with people in the comments. Okay, can we can we bring up this? Can we discuss my my prophecy? Why don't you lay your theory on me one more time? So before, actually, um, whenever we were supposed to be recording podcasts, but we were not because we were both having mental breakdowns, I tweeted out a thread, maybe related to my breakdown, I used to say, <laughs> about how this is the year that the Hawks are going to come back and win the cup because everything that has happened once is now happening again. Duncan Keith, Taze, fighting in practice. Weird. And now, three months later, guess who's in the, the play-in round the for the playoffs? classic. St. Louis Blues narrative, which is if you just beat the shit out of each other one time, you will win the Stanley Cup. Now, I wish that I did not have to happen under these circumstances, and I will understand my power going forward. 
but I'm very excited. Anyway, good for you, Jonathan Taves. The Blake Wheeler statement, also very good. But also, I don't want to talk about white players anymore. No. Thank you for doing the bare minimum. Uh, So what's been really interesting is a uh, coalition of players have formed what's called the Hockey Diversity Alliance with Colin uh, Kaepernick. And these are guys like Evander Kane, Trevor Daly, Matt Dumba, Wayne Simmons, Akeem Eliou, Chris Stewart, and Joel Ward. All these players are going to sort of work together to target racism in hockey. Okay. Um, I think it's great. I think obviously this is something that needs to be done. But I don't think that a coalition of like six players that has like the gentle approval of the NHL is going to get a lot done. That's what's fucked up to me is that this is not a league initiative. The league has come out and said, oh, you know, we're going to make like these six committees working on diversity and acceptance in the league. And like you can make a billion committees of the same people and you're going to get the same outcome. But this is players taking initiative saying enough's enough. And now they're going to start including black women players as well. But the fact that they have to do that on their own and the league hasn't, has given them like a tentative rubber stamp and been like, yes, we can make money off this. Yeah. We'll get you verified so that we can retweet you and say that we're diverse. Right. Exactly. It's just disappointing. Well, we're not really going to, invest in this we're not going to make this a institutional priority but we'll give you a little golf clap every time you do something and to me it just is reflective of all of the cop propaganda that we've been seeing across the country now where you have cops taking a knee and i read a really interesting uh, interview with jt brown because he is apparently very good friends with the tampa bay police chief has you know talked about how you can be um anti-racist but not anti-cop yeah. and so it's putting all this unnecessary pressure on six people who do not have perfect politics who are not perfect people and they are getting no help from the right. nhl and so they're, they're doing to fail and it's doomed to just be like another like stupid little thing that the NHL can sell shirts for and it's so disappointing because this is such a moment and they are choosing to spend it like this. I think what makes this a landmark moment for the league is the individual player and team statements. I think everything the league's been doing is shit obviously because they don't want to offend anybody and the bottom line is they don't want to lose any money. So Change and effort and doing things that are that's going to offend people is going to affect your bottom line. It's a risk. It's a liability. And so they have to choose now. It's going to come to the point where like you are actively alienating more and more of your fan base every year and you you're losing the Don Cherries and you have to be okay with losing the Don Cherries. But the Don Cherries have money They're and the that's the problem. And so So, like, that is, I feel like, the thing that is underpinning all of this that we cannot talk Mm -hmm. about or that, like, none of these guys are going to be able to talk about, right, is money is what this is all about. And so reading Akeem Eliou's Players' Tribune article really highlighted that for me because he talked about how the systemic racism is mostly at the lower levels of hockey where those coaches hold so much power over Uh you because like fucking head NHL coaches do not have enough time to scout AHL people. So that is where it's happening. And they don't want to talk about that because think about how much money the NHL makes off of those shitty little leagues that they don't pay anyone anything for. And so like to really reckon with this, you have to go from the bottom up and they are cowards and won't do it. Well, and it's also, if you're a player, like the league is your boss. Right. So it's not impossible, but it's very, very hard to force change in a way that like won't get you fired like what happened to JT Brown 
And in the lower leagues, too, it's it's a power complex thing, I'm sure, as well. You know what? Burn it down. When it comes to the NHL as a structure, it's definitely just words. I will believe it when I see it. And something is better than nothing. But I do think they should all donate 70% of their salaries <laughs> to, to, like, Black Lives Matter initiatives. I... It's been heartening to see people that I didn't know were smart reveal themselves to have more than one brain mm-hmm. cell. And I'm like, mm, I don't need to know that because I already find you very yeah. attractive. You and don't like, need to seem like a good have... person on top of it. If I know you have a basic grasp of like racial theory, then I'm like, <laughs> like the bar is on the floor. And we keep tripping over it, am I right? Ugh. So should we talk about phase two and how we're allegedly in phase two of reopening the National Hockey League? Yeah, this, now they get to go... They get to have small playdates. <laughs> yeah, they get to have little playdates and reactivate their atrophied muscles. Phase two of reopening is where they get to go play in little groups back at their little hubs. That's all you need to know. It's pre-camp for the real camp. Here's what I see, and, and I'm sorry to like put this out in the universe. There are going to be so many injuries. <laughs> okay, I see this going one of two different ways. I think you could have a point and you could have players who are like... Think about Kevin Shattenkirk. Do you think he's ready to back and go back out there? I don't know. He, you know, he's been jet skiing around down there. He's probably fine. <laughs> he's been getting his golf in in Tampa. <laughs> I think that especially players who are coming, who are like in the process of rehabbing from injuries, like I'm thinking Steven Stamkos. I'm thinking... I know who you're thinking. Who? I know who you're like really, really thinking of right now. I'm thinking about Dougie Hamilton. Would you like to talk about Ducky Hamilton? No, I would right not. Now? I would not. I would not like to talk about Ducky. <laughs> I can't think about it. But okay, so so what I was saying, I can see players who are like in the midst of very serious rehab, not taking proper care of themselves and like re-injuring themselves. I could also see there being very little injuries because players are not coming off an 80-game season into the playoffs. So they're not burned out. They're as healthy as they're going to be. I do think we're going to see some really shitty hockey, which is great. I want to see like 20 goal games. That's fine. I don't think you should play defense because defense and checking people requires you to make physical contact with them and get within six feet of each other. So in this moment of national awfulness, I think that we should be entertained as much as possible. (laughs) If you're going to give me circuses, give me some fucking circuses. I want 25 goal games. I want to see them kissing on the ice. The reason the league is rushing them to come back is because they want money. Like they, they want to be the only show going while there's no other sports going on. So like give us some entertainment let's go there's no shortage of action going on in our exclusive partners betonline.ag sports are slowly making their way back and betonline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all ufc nascar boxing and soccer matches and if you need even more they have simulated nfl nba and ufc simulations all day every day live on their website Looking for something other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Here is my question to you, and I posed this question to you before. Who would have to get sick and how many of them would have to get sick for them to call it off? Because I, I've been dying to talk to you about this because it's such a funny question. 
This is a good question. I do want to remind you that several years ago, when the mumps were going around the league, I don't, I like wasn't here for the that. 1800s, when the mumps was going around, uh, Sidney Crosby <laughs> tried to tell the press that he did not have the mumps when his face was swollen, like with like a cantaloupe on the side of it. So I think if we, this is wow, let's get really morbid. We're there. I babe. don't think that they're going to cancel anything unless we have a fatality. Oh. Oh. <laughs> because, okay, the league has already said if two or more players test positive for COVID-19, yes, I saw that. that may or may not be enough to, like, preclude that team from participating in the playoffs to like quarantine that entire team that is fucking insane that's insane as wild as me saying that out loud feels and good god like i hope it does not happen like i really 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 i don't want to be prophesizing anything here maybe if somebody is hospitalized because like players have already tested positive like players were testing positive in march let me give you a more optimistic scenario of where I think it's going to get canceled. I think there's going to be an outbreak among a team. And then they're going to say, we can't play. And it's not going to be fair. And also, like, what are the chances of everybody else getting it? And then that's what's going to happen. And I don't think anyone's going to have to die. But I think it's going to have to be a whole group of boys. And you know who I think it's going to be? It's going to be the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> yeah, I could see it being the Oilers. I could see it being, like... The Flyers, just because it would be such a horrible thing to happen to their fan base to be like, fuck yes, we worked so hard this season. Nobody expected us to come back. Like, nobody expected us to make it to the playoffs. It was almost yanked away from them by the jaws of fate. And then Kevin Hayes gets coronavirus. Trevor Connect (laughs) 4 is giving it to everybody. (laughs) They all sleep together in one big bed like the Powerpuff Girls. Like the Rats of Nim (laughs) is how I imagine them. Oh, I don't want to think about that. I think you're right, though. I think it would either take an entire team getting sick or it would take someone, one person. You get to pick your pick your option. Ten people get sick or one person dies. Ten people get sick. I guarantee you that they would rather have nine people get sick and no one die. Also, you could use this as like a bioweapon for your team. Brad Marchand is like a full-on, he's a terrorist <laughs> right now. He'll lick you. Think about that viral load, dude. Think about like the oh. major penalties that will be doled out for like fighting. You get three Remember years. when Garnett Hathaway got suspended in the fall for three games for spitting? Oh. They'll execute you if you do that. <laughs> I was about to say that. You can either never play again or they will kill you. <laughs> They'll kill you right there. And it will not count towards the fatality for have to cancel the playoffs. I mean, okay, so I think that like this is playing out in like large and small ways across mm-hmm. the country. But I will say the amount of magical thinking required to both plan, announce, and like go through with of phase two of having the playoffs is just, I feel crazy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, this is why, to be perfectly honest with everyone, March, April, May, I was not following hockey at all. Like I just completely fucking tuned it out. And 75% yeah. of that is because like, I was so busy at work and everything I was doing at work was about coronavirus. But the other 25% was like, 
this is insane to start thinking about this. Like people would start post these articles about like, here's some possible formats for the playoffs. Like here's some possible draft draft formats. And I'm like, who the fuck cares? Okay, please stop posting on these on theathletic.com. Go to an archive of our own. There's a place for fan fiction. You don't need to put it on here. That is what's been so crazy. I'm like, these guys are totally... I want to like actually interview someone in the NHL and be like... Come on. We're on the same page, aren't we? This is what has really come down to, and this is what I find disgusting about the whole endeavor, is that all of this has shown is that it's not about sports. It's not about, like, the love no. of the game. It's about making money. And I don't want that to get lost in, in my own personal excitement for maybe if the playoffs come back, because I would love to have joy in my life. I've gone through a lot in the last three months. I would like to see my boys hit each other. But I don't want Connor McDavid's lungs to collapse is the thing. <laughs> Moreover, the whole point of like hockey is is that it's like a it's a collective experience mm-hmm. among your city. There's gonna be nobody watching. This I know game. that's again. They should be hiring professional hecklers. They should have like <gasps> ten people in the. Wait. I know again. Wait, this is us publicly applying. They should hire like twenty people, and you don't get to pick what team you cheer for. Like you you pick it out of a hat. <laughs> There's like one person to a section in the stadium and you just make as much fucking noise as you can. And okay, you get to pick like what instruments you bring into yeah. the thing. You get to have five as things many with sound you. effects as you want. Like you can't put them in a bag. You have to right. carry them. So we're basically planning destination imagination. <laughs> we're gonna do Odyssey of the Mind. Wait, did I ever tell you? Okay, so when I lived in Minnesota, I judged Odyssey of the Mind competitions for three years in a row. It was really fun because Julia, my best friend from law school, had, I don't know, people who do Odyssey of the Mind are like lifers with it. So she was like on the board. And so I had to judge all these like incel children. It was great. Speaking of incel children, um, the only- (laughs) Oh no! I didn't do Odyssey of the Mind in, in like middle school or whatever, but I did go to an Odyssey of the Mind competition because the boy I had a crush on at school oh. was in Odyssey of the Mind. And he asked me if I would come watch. Wow. That didn't work out for me. Just like as a sidebar, this was, did not, this did not get me the guy. I tried out for the Odyssey of the Mind middle school team. I did not make it because my imagination was not (laughs) big enough. And I instead was placed on the Model UN team. And that's where it all went down, baby. Christina, should we take some calls? Let's take some calls. I need to know when you guys are coming back with new episodes of the podcast. Me and my wife love your show. I live in St. Paul, Alberta. In Canada, the best thing about my town is that it has a UFO landing pad, the world's first. You can Google it, St. Paul, Alberta. There is nothing to do here, and everyone believes that COVID is a hoax, and I feel like I'm losing my mind, and I need new Puck Bunnies content. So please weigh in on what you think about UFO landing pads. Um, I need to know what... Yeah, thoughts, discuss. I look forward to your take on the world's first UFO landing pattern. Thank you. What do you think about UFO landing pads? I'm very pro. The question of the century. 
I I do want to say that like this is the call that we got that I knew everybody was losing their minds. Like I knew that it wasn't just us just spiraling. I knew it was everybody else. Um so thank you. Solidarity. Thank you so much. <laughs> Like, what do you think about this? More of a comment than a question. What do I think of it? Like, my question is really, what makes an alien land, like an alien aircraft landing pad any different than like any other landing pad? I mean, I could answer that in a lot of ways. Okay. So first way is that the whole Earth is essentially the UFO's landing point, I would say. I wouldn't think they would really care. My second question is, do you believe in aliens? Um, so I do believe in aliens, like, just, <laughs> like, mathematically speaking, there's aliens. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear mathematically speaking. I want to hear just, I do believe in other life Okay, I'm looking at a picture of the landing pad right now. Uh, what does it look like? I didn't look it up. I was like, I don't want to know. First of all, it's roughly the size of a carousel, which I think is going to be a little small. Why aliens are little? But Sorry. it's like the size of a bandstand. That's not That's, real. It's real. And it's white. It's got a little staircase leading up to it. I think that any spaceship that landed on this would crush it completely. I think they need to get it up to code. Exactly. To spaceship code. Do you think aliens? Do you think aliens are real? I absolutely think aliens are real. And I think they've been to Earth. Next call. <laughs> okay, we got a text. Hope y'all are surviving the quarantine. Real quick thought on the league's fan engagement during the pause. Who at the NHL thought Zoom meetings with boring hockey boys was a good way to keep people engaged with the brand? Keep on staying inside and be good, Matt. Thank you. I will never. I will go never outside. be good. Um, here's the, here's the thing: is I have such intense anxiety before Zoom meetings that I got anxious before like this podcast because I'm just I hate them <laughs> so much. So, like, I am not engaged with any of those fucking Zoom calls because I'm like, none, none of, nothing that they can say has, is what I'm interested in. I do like the weird pictures. Brady Bunch I together. like getting a glimpse at, like, the interior design of whatever all-white condo they're living in in Miami. Beige. So, to be clear, the Zoom calls are not really for us. They're for press. Like, they're for their press conferences. We would be getting public press conferences during the playoffs anyway, and people want to know what's going on. Let's be real. They made them public because they did not know how to make a private Zoom call. And also, you know the NHL. They're starved for content. They don't know what else to do. They're like, what do you want? Like, a live cam on Gary Bettman's office? We'll do it. Anything that's as low effort and as boring as possible. Can I talk about the one the one light in my life of NHL content? It's been the Kachuk family. Duh. What is the name of their show that they have? I, I don't remember the God, name of it. It's like Keeping Up with the Kachuks or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. It is literally produced by their sister. And it is just like them, both uh, Brady and Matthew doing physical challenges. Not real. <laughs> they're not even, but they're not even real physical challenges. They're just like, oh, we're going to play horse. And then if you lose, I'm going to hit you in the balls. And, like, that is exactly That's what happened That's the spirit that we need. Again, I do think that, like, the league is so starved for content. The only way to solve this is to just just hire a bunch of Zoomers. Like, just set them up. Chill Hype House? Oh, my God. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Fuck Bunnies back. Welcome back, Bunnies. This is Aaron in Los Angeles. Um, so while y'all were gone, my girlfriend and I rewatched Avatar The Last Airbender. And I'm glad to hear that Christina is now a part of Avatar Nation. Um, so I have one obvious question. The Water Nation would clearly win in any sort of Avatar Hockey Championship. 
but which nation would come in second? I can't decide. And I need y'all to, de- to decide it for me. So, please and thank you. Um, who's winning the Hockey World Cup? I'm going to go ahead and say it's not going to be like a like an under-18, like the weird hockey championship there already is. All ages welcome. Uh, who wins? I don't agree with that at oh. all. Like I don't agree with I don't agree with Aaron's contention. Air Nation. Are you kidding me? Why? You can like pick up the puck and throw it. You know what? I guess that's true. <laughs> I'm like cheating. <laughs> you could also like move the other team's goal around. Okay. And there's this one very fucked up episode of the show where How far are you into okay, so How ha- far are you into Avatar? So I have watched a season in like uh-huh. 3 days. It's fine. So the entire show was sort of structured around the Fire Nation making refugees out of everyone. And so, like, there's this one episode where two refugees are fighting about this, like, insanely old... Con- it's supposed to be, like, Israel and Palestine. And, um... Palestine, sorry. Palestine is... Wait. Is a town in East Texas. <laughs> uh, and like, Aang makes it like this old game that they were just playing. And he was like, actually, no, I just lied to them. He actually did do this awful thing to this other tribe. And I was just like, oh, oh let's get this guy in the room somewhere. But yeah, I don't remember why I started telling that story. I also haven't seen this show. So Avatar premiered when I was a freshman in high school so i maybe saw the first season and some of the second season um i did not watch any of it because in high school i was a huge anime fan and because it was on nickelodeon and made by americans you were like this isn't real i was like this is fake shit i want to watch a real anime and i did (laughs) she's a purist (laughs) this is very embarrassing okay but do you think water would come in second yeah i think either air or water this matters about as much as the playoff format discussions. <laughs> Honestly, like, we could have extremely high-level discussions of Avatar <laughs> lore that would have more repercussions on the world than the NHL's Phase 2, so... Hey, Pack Bunnies. Uh, I hope you're doing well. Um, I uh, don't know if anyone is actually doing well. Don't know. Everything's kind of terrible right now, but I hope you guys are still, like, you know, keeping it together. Anyway, so uh, I know Christina is also watching Avatar The Last Airbender. I am also watching Avatar The Last Airbender for the first time. It is an experience. Um, I'm on season 30, so I am quite a bit past her, I think. Um, I mostly want to know, uh, who you think the Azula is, uh, um, like, who, like, repre- like, who is the clearest, like, Azula in the NHL? Um, I don't know if you're there yet. I think you're not. So, um, maybe just, uh, you can ignore this. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but I'm interested in hearing who the Azula of the NHL is when you get to that point. Um. If not, uh, I don't know. She's Azula. She's the only thing in Avatar I care about at this point, and I'm on, like, season three. Um, all right. Hope you guys are doing well. Glad the podcast is coming back. All right. Black Lives Matter. Thanks. Azula in the NHL is Elias Pettersson. That's good. That's mm-hmm. really good. Because, like, to me, like, they both burn with this, like, righteous mm-hmm. fury. And I think Elias, like, really has it. 
At least a Scorpio. So here's the last text we got. This is, okay, right. This is like an anime thing. Is this an anime term? Best girl. Who? So the question is, who's best girl in Avatar The Last Airbender? Do you want me to explain to you the origins of best girl? No, not really. Like, I could go on Wikipedia, but just like, what is it? What is the definition? The best girl in Avatar is Katara. Just because she's good? Well, she's like the main wife to me. She's like, she's wifey. That's a good one. Yeah. She's like somehow like amazing. She's so you. It's so funny. Stop. I, I know. Oh it's God. like, so, don't put I, like I, animated teen. <laughs> no, because she, like she only gets mad whenever someone hurts somebody else. It's so good. Anyway, you should all watch Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay, like, honestly, I was I told my therapist to watch it because I was like, this is the only thing that I can find right now that does not trigger me because it has nothing to do with anything right, in the world. Right. Yeah, and, like, I think that I'm needing a break, and I think that probably a lot of other people do, too. And I think that's why I'm so sad to be discussing the playoffs hypothetically with you, because like it would be a really nice thing for us to have. But that is magical thinking. And I wish that we lived in reality where we cared about people suffering and we cared about people. That's why this entire episode has been a lead up to an announcement that we are pivoting and we are becoming um, an avatar focused podcast. Uh, Yeah, so we are now the uh, waterbending buddies. (laughs) Wait, what do you think you would be? What kind of bender? Water, obviously. I don't know what I would be. I think I might be fire. I think you would be fire or air. Yeah. We are now done because we have to turn our air conditioning <laughs> units back on. And that's on living in this big city, baby. I'm so glad that I decided to uh, to move to the city and like find myself in a pandemic when I can't do anything in the city. If you'd like to call in with your questions or suggestions for next week's episode, you can do that at 774-318-6952. You can follow us on Twitter at at PuckBunnies underscore pod and Instagram and on Instagram at at PuckBunniesPod, no underscore. Send us some money. And by the way, we are donating this month's Patreon earnings to Black Lives Matter Seattle. If you want to send us more to do that, you can do that on patreon.com slash PuckBunnies. I'm Christina. And I'm Audrey. And this has been Puck Bunnies. Bye. It's good to be back. We missed you guys. I honestly really did. That's so embarrassing to say, but I but I really didn't miss them. <laughs> <laughs>